Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have so much fun today because we're going to be talking about how to make your business successful globally. And, you know, I think that is something that is changing because of the pandemic. We're connecting with people that we never would have connected with two years ago. We might actually be doing business with people that we never would have done business before. And so please join me in welcoming Suzanne Evans to our program today. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you, Deb. And thanks for having me. Excited. I know we're going to have so much fun. Well, let me tell people a little about you and then we will dive into this. So Suzanne Evans is the founder and CEO of the St. Louis-based AAA Translation, which she founded in 1994. She's the president of St. Louis Stuttgart Sister Cities since 2006 and a board member of the World Trade Center St. Louis. Suzanne is also a board member of the German American Heritage Society since 2007, a member of the St. Louis Mosaic Project Immigrant Entrepreneurship Advisory Board, wait, that's a mouthful, and a member of the Explore St. Louis Multicultural Committee. Her advice regarding global business development and communications has been featured by national media outlets, including Business Week, National Public Radio, BrandChannel.com, and more. In 2021, Suzanne was the proud recipient of an Enterprising Women of the Year Award. Yay! Under her leadership, AAA Translation has grown to serve business clients the world over, working in more than 300 languages to provide translation, interpretation, and cultural consulting services. So again, Suzanne, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Well, I always like to talk with my guests to say, How is it that you got to where you are today? So tell us how you discovered that this is your passion in life. So um, growing up in Germany, we had to study foreign languages. So I had some awesome, awesome foreign language teachers Mm -hmm. that made me really aware of, you know, foreign cultures. Plus, my parents traveled a lot. So we traveled a lot during the summer because we got four to six weeks vacation you know, we're able to really explore country. So foreign cultures were never foreign to me. I embraced them. I learned about them. I studied about them. And over time, I did not only study English, I studied French, Italian, Spanish, and later on Russian, because I always wanted to learn Russian. Mm. And I went to school to become a foreign language correspondent. Okay. And I also have an international business degree. And with that, uh, upon graduating school, I started working for Hewlett Packard Germany. Ah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I became their internal translator because back then um, they had the internet that nobody knew about until later. FTP things. Exactly. (laughs) You send things. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I did that. 
but a couple steps back at 16, you know, I thought, why not offer my services? Because I know I understand English pretty well. So we had a local newspaper where you could put free ads in. So I put in a free ad stating offering English to German translation services. Mm -hmm. So this was pre-cell phone. I'm dating myself now. And this gentleman called my parents' home phone. Mm -hmm. And my mother just, well, what is this? I'm like, oh, I put an end of paper for (laughs) for translations. Why not? You know, the young entrepreneur in mind here. And this gentleman came over, set our dining room table. I translated this English letter into German. He put money on the table. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and so that's when I decided I'm going to become a foreign language correspondent with an international business degree, worked for Hewlett Packard, and just always worked for international businesses doing translations, technical translations were my forte. I loved everything technical. Mm-hmm. So until I uh, moved to St. Louis mm-hmm. and um, started um, German language communications, my ah. first business, because mm-hmm. I offered English to German, German to English translations, mm-hmm. and landed a rather large client, and we translated all their internal HR documentation, their software and everything mm-hmm. uh, into German. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years later, they said, hey, we love your service. Can you do other languages? And as an entrepreneur, as you know, you sure. never say no, you figure <laughs> it out. Mm-hmm. So here, fast forward 25 years later, mm-hmm. We do 300 languages. We have teams all over the world mm-hmm. that we tap into uh, for any given mm-hmm. you know, project, subject matter. Mm-hmm. These are all native human experience translators mm-hmm. that know their business. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a humming business. Great. I love it. I love it. You know, and I love that you mentioned that you grew up speaking all of these other languages. Um, I laugh that, you know, English is my one and only language and it's not even all that good sometimes. You know, I took French in college. Yeah. And I, t- I, you know, I could do a little conversational Italian. Um, but other than that, no. But it was interesting. I was uh, having a, an, an online meeting last week with someone in Bogota, Colombia. And we were talking about the fact that, especially in Europe, children grew up speaking multiple languages. And I hypothesized that that was simply because here you drive 200 miles and you're in another state. You know, I'm in Alabama, I'm in Tennessee, I'm in you know another state. In, in Europe, you go 200 miles and you're in another country. Oh, yeah. So, you know, obviously it's been a big benefit to you that, that you grew up multilingual like this. Absolutely. I remember in the evening, so I'm from Southern Germany, Stuttgart, close to Stuttgart. Mm-hmm. And I remember jumping in a car with my girlfriends on a Friday evening and, mm-hmm. you know, drove five hours and you were in Italy, you know. Right. Not and a bad place to be. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it's funny. You, you, I, now I have my, th- through business, I have worked with a translator before. I know how important it is. But tell us why. We, it isn't just that we pick up our cell phone, we use the translation program, or we run it through Mr. Google. Why is it so important? Because you get asked that all the time, right? Why is it so important that it is a native language speaker who does the translation? 
Wow. Okay. That's, that's a very good question. And thank you for bringing up Google. I didn't even have that in my notes, Google. I was just saying <laughs> have online mm-hmm. program. I, don't, you know, I, I, I don't my phone mention. has a translation program in it. I've never tried it. But. Well, here. so here's what happened today already, right? So one of our uh, clients mm-hmm. sends us um, um, a couple pages into multiple languages mm-hmm. and asking, you know, how much would it cost to proofread this? Mm-hmm. So um, I send it to one of our uh, translators Mm -hmm. and he came right back. He said, the nuances are not coming across. There are typos Mm -hmm. and it makes no sense. And it sounds like a machine translated it. Mm -hmm. That's, that's why exactly why you need a human translator. And most of the time when we get these kinds of inquiries, you know, it's more cost effective to start from scratch than to pick up this translation and right. fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I worked with a translator before, it was funny, the company that I was working with to, on this project, they were going to be working in Portugal. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, and like I said, you know, English sometimes isn't even my best language. It never occurred to me that there was more than one language that was spoken in Portugal. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, that was the first question was, mm-hmm. you know, were we Portuguese? Were we Spanish? Were we, you know, and, and it was like, uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are, those are the other questions. You know, Chinese, simplified, traditional, French, Canadian, France, North Africa, mm-hmm. you know, Spanish. I mean, each country, just like this country in South America, has different dialects. So, you know, we, we always have to dive in Portugal or Brazilian. Could it be, you know, uh, Portuguese? I mean, for Bra- mm-hmm. Brazil or for Portugal. Right. So many different nuances, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's U.S. Hispanic, U.S. Mm-hmm. Spanish that we use, you know, mm-hmm. for all the um, people that live here from South right. America, you know, right. so they all need to understand. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's interesting and even in this country, I remember after I first moved here, mm-hmm. I lived all over this country. Mm-hmm. I was I was fortunate to be able to live in various states mm-hmm. and even the dialect here. I mean, you you drive 300 miles here right. and you mm-hmm. have a different dialect. Mm-hmm. I remember my very first place I lived in uh, was uh, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And here is me speaking proper English. This was, mm-hmm. you know, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I had a hard time understanding people. And I asked, do you have a dictionary oh, especially for this language? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they got a little Cajun in there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Down yonder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and just simple words. Um, you know, I'm from Colorado, oh, where yeah. we drank pop. Other places have soda. And more importantly, here in Georgia, you have Coke. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. You have Coke. Um, you know, and, and so obviously it depends on what you're doing, but you need it to be, as we said, conversational. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the second it, you know, they they use the wrong term, you know, uh-uh, no, they don't know what they're doing, which then of course makes you question everything that they're doing. Absolutely. And you lose, you know, and you lose clients, you lose prospective clients if you don't translate properly. And we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we look at websites, we look at at, 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 at marketing materials, mm-hmm. you know, and there have been so many faux pas made mm-hmm. over, over the years with incorrect translation because um, online, free online tools are being used. And it's just, it, it, it kills your international business, you know, nobody, they will not trust you, you mm-hmm. know. Right. You know, and and 
a lot of times they just appreciate that you make the effort. You know, I remember when when I was in Italy, I had taken, like I said, a basic Italian class. You know, I, I needed to be able to ask where the bathroom was, you know, some of, some of the things. And and I was not anywhere near fluent, um, you know, and, and but they appreciated that I tried. Um, you know, and, and we would giggle and, and they would, they would correct me, which mm-hmm. I was perfectly fine with. Um, but, but yeah, just the fact that I was trying as opposed to being the <clears throat> ugly American that, you know, assumed that they were going to speak English and they probably spoke better English than I did. But, um, but yeah, you know, they just appreciated the fact that I was making an effort to, to learn that language. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, being a business person too, you know, if you travel or even, you know, a a virtual meeting, you know, learn a few words, you know, Mm -hmm. say hello in their native language, Mm -hmm. you know, welcome them in their native language that opens up doors. I mean, that's, it's, 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 you know, thinking outside the box Mm -hmm. and learning about the customs Mm -hmm. and the traditions Mm -hmm. and, you know, how to approach foreigners, you know, it's like, I mean, it's the same research you do here in this country when you try to land a new client, you do the same, Yeah, you know, you have to take an extra step to learn about the cultures mm-hmm. and the traditions and, and adjust yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Sometimes it's one word. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was on a Zoom last week and there were, you know, all sorts of, it was the Brady Bunch. We had all of these images. And this woman who is Italian and was in Italy participating said something. And, and I don't know why my brain did this. Sometimes my brain surprises me. I said, grazie. And, and it took her back, first of all, that I didn't say gracias. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and, and yeah, but when I said grazie, she was like, oh, wow. And then she spoke to me more. And I went, no, no, that was that was pretty much the time out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, you know, when we when we were in Italy and, you know, I would ask questions and and I would get my little smattering of, of Italian out and then they would respond in Italian. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Such a beautiful language, though. <gasps> I know, I know. It's one of those that I want to take, you know, take and, and learn more of. Immersion, yeah. you know. Yes. Immersion. I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just need to go back. That's that's the biggie. So, you know, I mentioned at the the start that you know because of COVID, we are now reaching out much more whether it's mm-hmm. just on our our, you know, Zoom calls, things yep. like that, um or actually doing business Mm-hmm. Have, have you really seen that things have, have changed a lot in the last two years? Absolutely. I remember uh, it was the start of COVID. Uh, so we do we do a lot of uh, translations for healthcare. Okay. And food. oh, so you have to be a hundred percent accurate. Oh yeah. And food related companies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at the beginning uh, of COVID. I mean, our we we were working. I think for four months straight, mm-hmm. at least. 12 to 14 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, that's how, you know, all the COVID information needs to get out. Mm-hmm. And then for us, it was like, okay, so how are we, we lost all the conference interpreting that we mm-hmm. do because mm-hmm. nobody was traveling. Right. So we partnered up with a company that had developed a conference interpreting app ah. for the clients that wanted to do online conferences. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to travel anymore, which, mm-hmm. you know, saves clients a lot of mm-hmm. money not to have to travel. Mm-hmm. And the, the uh, conference, uh, um, the people who putting the event coordinators, mm-hmm. they, you know, they didn't get, have to get the space mm-hmm. really. Right. Um, and our interpreters didn't have to fly 
anywhere in the world, you mm-hmm. know, to they didn't have to put their shoes on. We were talking. They didn't have to put their <laughs> shoes on exactly. We didn't have to bring all the in all the technology, which is you know it can cost money depending on how many interpreters you have. Mm-hmm. So we pivoted quickly with this company and uh, started offering the conference interpreting app. So it's like mm-hmm. being at a conference mm-hmm. with your with an interpreter in your ear, depending on where you know which country. Right. So that really helped. Um, and yes, as you said, I think the the online conferencing um, virtual meetings have gone up like forty percent, mm-hmm. and I think about eighty percent of people <laughs> rather do online meetings now than travel at right. all. So for us, um, it's with the pivoting with the app, mm-hmm. and you know we have a lot of one on one on one meetings too with clients, local clients that want to talk to their counterparts overseas. So we offer, you know, online virtual interpreters. So, which is really nice. And like you said, you know, we don't have to have our shoes on when we do that. Right. (laughs) No, and it, it is such a special skill. Um, You know, I remember many, many years ago, I was privileged to be able to go to the UN and, you know, and, and we had, you know, little, little seats up in the gallery. You probably can't do that anymore, especially since September 11th. Um, and this was way before then. But, you know, we, of course, you know, we were teenagers mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and they were having proceedings. Um, and so we were doing the various earpieces and listening to the different languages. And I remember thinking then how complicated it would have to be to be listening to what's going on translate it in your head and say it and be doing that all at the same time, because it's not that people say two sentences and then it's interpreted. And then you say two sentences, you know, it's, it's this continual flow. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, interpreters are a rare breed and a special breed and it takes a lot of training and expertise. So um, interpreting is done in increments by the interpreter. So they, mm-hmm. they speak for about 15 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then another interpreter. So there's always two. Their brain at a, least, a break. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you have to give your brain a break because I mean, this stuff comes in and as you know, some of the languages, the verbs at the end. So you have mm-hmm. to wait. Right. Till, mm-hmm. till the presenter, you mm-hmm. know, finishes a thought or a sentence. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you know, you're always behind mm-hmm. uh, and you take notes, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, you have to convert the meaning, the language, mm-hmm. the thought very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good thing is, usually for these kinds of events, you know, the interpreters get material prior. Right, right. So, they so they've, they've at least kind of pre-done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for every client, <clears throat> excuse me, for every client that uses our services, and I know everybody else does that too, you know, we give them guidelines what to watch out for, you know, ask your presenters to speak just a little bit slower than mm-hmm. normal so they can keep up. So nothing gets lost in translation. Right. <laughs> That's where that saying came from. I know, lost mm-hmm. in translation. And, you know, and we usually pre-translate the PowerPoints, whatever, you know, the presentations. So the the, the interpreters will already have seen the material. But as you know, you know, you prepare, you prepare, you prepare, but then there's always, you know, something out of the norm and you're just ready for it. And the, the more experienced, the more often you do it, the easier it gets. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, interpreters also specialize, you know, some right. are only, you know, technical interpreters, some ah. are, you know, mm-hmm. legal interpreters. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So they so, know that language. They know even that the- lingo. Yeah. They know their lingo. Interesting. I love mm-hmm. it. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I think, you know, I, I mentioned earlier when I said, you know, the, the term ugly American, um, you know, I think that, you know, and it's, it's worldwide. We tend to put ourselves in these little boxes and forget that, you know, there's, there's, you know, other people, other cultures out there. What all do we need to do to really be thinking about, well, first of all, what is cultural awareness? And then how do we really start thinking about it? Yeah. I mean, cultural awareness is learning about other customs, Mm -hmm. other cultures, other governments, Mm -hmm. and economics, Mm -hmm. the economic situation in the country that you're dealing with. So that's all cultural awareness. Mm -hmm. And once you know and study, you know, all this, you're already becoming a lot more aware of what's going on in another country compared mm-hmm. to what's going on here. Because here in the United States, well, you know, we think, oh, everything's the same everywhere, but it's not. Things mm-hmm. are different. People are the same. We all pretty much think the same, but, you know, business is done differently in other countries. You have to be sensitive, sensitive to company culture, their values, and each individual, you know, personality that you're mm-hmm. dealing with. So, and not making any value judgments, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So we have to respect everyone is different mm-hmm. and learn those differences and embrace those differences. Mm-hmm. If you do it right, you know, you will have a great working relationship with mm-hmm. your counterpart overseas. If not, you lose their trust. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very important um, to do all your you know, research, your mm-hmm. background research, Companies that do that, that follow these guidelines, see much higher profits mm-hmm. than the companies who just throw their employees in there like, here, swim. Mm-hmm. See it all the time with major corporations, you know, they change their departments and throw new people in and, oh, your new partner's over in India and don't give them any cultural training. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody gets frustrated and business is not getting done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, learning the values of working with with a diverse clientele, Mm -hmm. employees, is super important to make a business successful in this world. Right. So, you know, you you don't just translate, you you do cultural training. So kind of walk us through that, you know, say I'm going to do, I'm I'm going to work in Italy. Um, You know, what all would, you know, how would you, you work with me on that? I wish so, I was. <laughs> I know. I know. So, I mean, we, we start from scratch, you know, we're, we, we, we have a questionnaire that we send out, Okay. you know, it's a multi-page questionnaire. What are you trying to achieve? I mean, are okay. you going to learn the language alongside, mm-hmm. you know, do you just want the cultural nuances? Mm-hmm. What kind of um, company are you working with? You mm-hmm. know, are they, are, are they culturally aware? Do they know? What's going to happen to them working with Americans, you know? So it's, it's, it's a long list of questions. And then we build a program around that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, I was just thinking, you know, it's interesting. A lot of times, it, it, you know, we're, we're talking about the different languages, mm. you know, there's different English also. I mean, you Absolutely. know, we, we were talking about that, you know, it's, I always have fun when I'm, you know, speaking with someone 
who speaks, you know, or writes in the Queen's English, um, you know, because my spell checker goes, <laughs> and it's like, okay, do I, do I change it? You know, their, you know, their bio might have, you know, an, or, or not. And so, you know, talk to us a little bit about that, because I think that's one of the things that we get caught up in, or we forget is that, you know, there's differences there also. I have a few personal stories to tell. Oh, yes. About. <laughs> do share. Do share. <laughs> so when I first moved to this country, you know, a long, long time ago, I spoke the Queen's English. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak, you know, like I speak now. Right. And I remember my very first job was in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I, I was working for a temp agency and I went to different companies, you know, a week I was here, another week I was there. Mm-hmm. And then they sent me to this small wonderful company the mm-hmm. people were amazing they were so sweet mm-hmm. and i was the admin i know this was a long time ago here i had five languages and where do mm-hmm. i work in a small little but you office didn't speak as an southern <laughs> now i th- here it comes so i answered the phone you know in my proper english mm-hmm. and my boss and i transferred the call and my boss came out you know about an hour later mm-hmm. laughing he said this was my friend I was talking to, and I know don't don't take it serious, but uh, he said, "What did you hire a Yankee for?" <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then another company I worked for, I still write in the Queen's English, mm-hmm. okay. And every time I typed up letters and correspondence, mm-hmm. you know, it came back with my, you know, E scratched out from potatoes or tomatoes mm-hmm. and, you know. Color so, has yeah. a U in it. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Behavior, you know, all these things. I, I remember that. And I'm like, I am not giving up my British English writing. And I, I'm still doing it. I'm seeing it. A lot more people have ad- uh, adapted it here, mm-hmm. adopted it here mm-hmm. in this country now. But, you know, a while back, it was still people were looking at me. Why are you right like this? I'm like, mm-hmm. that's how I learned and I'm sticking mm-hmm. to it, you know. But, uh, yeah, um, dialects are everywhere. I mean, this country has their dialects. India has over 3,000, 7,000 dialects. Germany, where I'm from, we have, you know, I mean, you drive an hour and you have a different dialect where I grew up. So it's just, you know, learning, um, adapting, learning Mm -hmm. about, you know, what dialect is spoken, Mm -hmm. where I'm, you know, where I'm trying to do business, Mm -hmm. you know, do the research. And it's fun. I I love doing this kind of research, you know. Mm what to expect and, and, and how to, how to present and how to talk and, mm-hmm. and, you know, with proper English. And, and that's the other part during translation. There are a lot of times where we have translations where even the writers do not speak English very well. Right. You're like, wow. And you, <laughs> and you have to translate that. And, you know, there's a lot of back and forth between us and the client, like, what are you really trying to say? Or can we rewrite it? So we, we offer clients to rewrite, you know, some of Ah. their materials too, to make it sound better Mm -hmm. for translation. So it's easier to translate Mm -hmm. because sometimes some text doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And especially if you get these little short texts that are uh, specific to a product and you're trying to translate and you have no idea. Right. That's why I love technical translations because the companies that I work for in Germany, I could walk out in the production into the production facility and see the machine, mm-hmm. you know, and have the engineer explain it to me because I used to translate manuals. Ah, and mm-hmm. so I saw these machines and I had mm-hmm. them exactly um, 
explain how they function, how they work, what they do, you know, and I could translate properly. Because right. translation is not word for word. It's not mm -hmm. switching words. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, conveying the meaning and make it sound like it's done in that country. Right. Well, and of course, there are co colloquialisms. Oh, absolutely. Where, you know, uh, we might say it one way. Mm -hmm. And if you translate it, it's offensive. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and so how do you deal with things like that? Well, uh, so we had a fun project a couple months ago. A client wanted, took a, a, a Christmas poem mm -hmm. and rewrote it with their company message. Mm -hmm. So it rhymed in English. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they wanted it in a couple couple languages. And so you can either, you know, rewrite the whole thing, mm -hmm. kind of keep their messaging mind, but make, make it rhyme mm -hmm. or, and, and, and take the cultural stuff into consideration and rewrite it, mm -hmm. explain it, you know, mm -hmm. or you just, what we did, and there was a lot of back and forth with the client too, as always. Mm -hmm. uh, we said, okay, you know, if we're going to have to rewrite this whole thing and make it rhyme and make it sound really good, it's going to take a lot of time right. mm -hmm. and money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What if we take it and make it sound really nice, but not make it rhyme? Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, let's, let's go with that option. Kind of like bringing Chaucer into this exactly. century. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and the other thing is, you know, with um, Americanisms, uh, Americans like to use a lot of metaphors, especially sports mm -hmm. metaphors, you know, right. like that came out of left field, mm -hmm. a person in another country. <laughs> Why are you in a field? <laughs> exactly. And, 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 you know, baseball and football, yes, mm -hmm. it's becoming more popular in some countries, mm -hmm. but, you know. Well, and football and football are different. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So what I what we always tell our clients is, you know, do the research. What sport is if you want to do sports? I know you love sports and then you like to mm -hmm. talk about sports, but you can't really talk about baseball unless you know that person understands baseball. Mm -hmm. Research what their sport is, you know, mm -hmm. what kind of sports do they play in their country and talk about that, you know, mm -hmm. make it interesting with with their sport, right. not with American sports mm -hmm. that, you know, are not understood mm -hmm. in a lot of parts of this world. Right. Yeah, all of a and sudden you're talking about cricket. <laughs> exactly, cricket and mm -hmm. and chokes. I mean, chokes. Are, oh, you that, cannot oh, yeah, translate that, jokes. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's they can become offensive, mm -hmm. like you said. Yeah, right. Well, and then you have the the differences too with male dominated cultures and female, you know, and things like that. And and so. You know, I, I would imagine that gets a little sticky on occasion also. You know, something written here, say, for example, might not go over well in Saudi. Absolutely. And how you greet people, you know, mm -hmm. um, do you shake hands? Do you mm -hmm. bow or do you not touch at all? Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, in Arabic countries, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be super careful who walks in front, who walks behind, right. you know, mm -hmm. eating culture, mm -hmm. you know. It's, that's what you can you can tell an America an American anywhere in the world by just by watching them eat you know mm -hmm. because most countries you know eat with fork and knife right. you know and Americans eat it in a different way not all okay mm -hmm. 
but you can you can you can tell. So eating culture is important, especially when you go mm-hmm. out for dinner. Do you drink alcohol? Do you not drink? You know, yeah. do you order alcohol? Do you not order alcohol? Mm-hmm. Who sits first? You know, who gives the first speech? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are all these things to consider mm-hmm. when traveling overseas. Um, you know, how to present a business card done differently. I, I love the business card thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, before we moved here to Atlanta, I taught at, um, a communications class in Denver and we had a, a, a section on, you know, culture and it was, I had many different students from, from different cultures. And so it was great mm-hmm. because I let them teach. Um, and, and I remember the business card thing where we mm-hmm. had an Asian uh, student who said, you know, here in the States, somebody hands you a business card, you may or may not even glance at it. Mm-hmm. And you throw it on the table, you cram it in a pocket, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's incredibly offensive in Asian Asian cultures. You know, and, and so he taught us, you take it with both hands. Two hands, yeah. You look at it yeah. and you don't write on it. He said, no, yep. no, 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 um, no. And he said, and then you place it in a, in a position of honor. So in front of you, or, you know, you don't cram it in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that tip just overall, because, you know, I, I look at it and go, oh, okay, well, Suzanne's title is X, you know, and, and so it, it, all of a sudden I'm thinking more about that person than just, Hey, I got a business card. Well, I'm paying attention, you know, when you meet somebody new, you know, you're not, you're not, don't scan the room for, oh, who else is there I can meet, you know, right. mm-hmm. pay attention to that person mm-hmm. and in body gestures too. Mm-hmm. I know Americans oh, yeah. have to move their hands a lot. You mm-hmm. know, you have to be really careful mm-hmm. um, not to, you know, wail your hands mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, you mm-hmm. know, and body language is, in, is important, intense eye contact, some cultures mm-hmm. do not like it mm-hmm. you know and, or while you're in a meeting don't loosen your tie you know mm-hmm. things like that it's right. it's just a, these little nuances that are so important mm-hmm. well i remember learning even just things like colors mm-hmm. different things mm-hmm. um you know, like green i believe was one of the ones that we talked about you know here in the, the states green is cons- you know conservation it's also mm-hmm. money Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but in other cultures, that is not what it stands for. So yeah. when you're designing, say, a website, that's one of the things to keep in mind. Oh, absolutely. Um, colors are super important when designing any any advertising, marketing, mm-hmm. or website. So keeping it very clean, um, uh, staying away from the from from major colors like red, you know, like green, mm-hmm. um, and not showcasing only white people mm-hmm. or you know or, or people all together you know it's 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 uh, very tricky depending on what you're trying to convey mm-hmm. too but you want to if you want to appeal to a global clientele mm-hmm. you want to have uh, a diverse if you have to have people on there it needs to be a diverse mm-hmm. group of people mm-hmm. on your website mm-hmm. and um, the website needs to be very simple and straightforward mm-hmm. you know so, you know, it's, it's easy if you're just working with one more country, you know, to figure mm. out, you know, but, but what if it is globally? I mean, you know, how you, you mentioned things like, you know, diversity in the pictures, but you know, what, are, what are some other tips so that you're, you know, and, and again, I mean, you, we, you can't get every nuance, you know, there's just far too many, but are there some general type of things that, that are just kind of key things that the people should keep in mind? 
you know, like it, it's should you try and have it in other languages or is English probably at least going to get you by or, you know, things like that? Well, let's put it that way. 94% of the world's consumers do not speak English. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So you, if you want to work globally and, and, and have global clients and sell your product, your widgets, widgets globally, it should be translated. And we usually advise our clients, you know, you don't need to translate the whole website. Mm-hmm. Let's start small. Mm-hmm. Let's translate, you know, this page, your landing page mm-hmm. into another language. Mm-hmm. Put on there what you're offering, what you can do for them, and then measure it. You know, analytics, put analytics on, see if these countries are actually picking it up, the website, and then we can go further. Then we can delve deeper into it and then get a country extension and do this and do it that and do the SEO for it. Mm -hmm. But let's see if there's even any interest for your product Mm -hmm. or your service Mm -hmm. in, you know, whichever particular country. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we do also is um, for my very first client that I had a long time ago into German. So when they went into other countries, they gave us their company name and they said, can you please do the research to see if this company name is offensive Ah. in these 40 countries? Mm -hmm. So you have to be very careful Mm -hmm. by picking company names too. Because sometimes I do look at company names. I'm like, that would not fly, you know, in XYZ country, it would be offensive. So, you know, very careful, just, you know, thinking about that, what, what should I call my company? But if you really want to start global, think from the start, you know, if you want to go global, think from the start, do the steps, okay, company name, website, what do I need to translate? If you want to, you know, um, um, offer your product globally, you should have your marketing material translated. That's super important. Mm-hmm. Ha- one page, all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, put it, like I said, put on your website. Um, you can create separate landing pages for the languages. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of companies putting on their website uh, English, French, Spanish, German, in English. No, <laughs> won't work. You mm-hmm. have to put the, you know, proper name of the country in uh, the language in its native language mm-hmm. on there. Otherwise, nobody will find it. Right. A lot of companies on their website bury the language somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. So when you land on there, you mm-hmm. happen to find this website, you mm-hmm. land on there, you see everything in English, but on front and center, there's no designation for your language. It Some of them bury it all the way at the bottom. If I don't speak the language, I will not scroll to right. the bottom to find the language. It mm-hmm. needs to be like on our website, top right. Mm-hmm. And the more languages, the more traffic you will get mm-hmm. and the more business you will get. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it really, it, it sounds complicated, but as you said, it is so much better to have done it right in, to start with than to have to go back and, and fix things. So, you know, without giving any specifics away, what are some stories that, that you know, where, where people have just really messed up? Stories where people have really messed up. Like what I said, uh, having, having a website translated, but burying the, the language designation right. in mm-hmm. the bottom. 
or going into a country and not having anything translated and coming back empty handed. Mm-hmm. Um, important is to have your business card translated. Mm-hmm. A lot of ah. people have their business cards mm-hmm. translated too into other languages. Mm-hmm. On the front is English and on the back is whatever, you know, mm-hmm. country you're going into, which with travel being so reduced right now, um, it's probably not the biggest thing is the, the business card, but your website, your backs, your website is your business card. Mm-hmm. Your website should be simple. It should be translated, mm-hmm. localized mm-hmm. to the native country mm-hmm. and you should be easily to be reached. Mm-hmm. It should be very clear from the from the front, from the landing page, how to contact you. Mm. And, you know, have some, um, a lot of companies have Q&As on their website in the other language too. So in case you don't have an internal speaker in your company, mm-hmm. whatever language it may be, they can already um, access answers to their questions on the website in their native language. Right. Speaking of that, one of the big tech trends are, you know, is the AI responses, Um, you know, where the little box comes up and says, hello, may I help you? And then you type your little question in there. Um, It's funny. I always, I get a kick out of the ones where I know it's an AI because I get a very canned response. And so then sometimes I try and trick it. Um, Me too. <laughs> I know it's like you know, and and but you know, obviously that's incredibly complicated if you're if you're dealing with multiple languages. Well, the AI will detect which language you're speaking if you have it installed right. in another language, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it will it will detect it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the AI has a little ways to go with with these responses. That's well, why we said. Just the you know the answers on the website already because there are standard questions that right. you, oh yeah where you don't need to email where they can have it already on their website mm-hmm. you know and and obviously the AI is going only on what has been programmed into it Absolutely. you know it's, they're they're not smart enough that they're making the stuff up now um, but uh, you know and and even if it's just something as simple as you know, someone will contact you during our regular business hours or something, mm. you know, so that you're not just being ignored, but you know, you're being acknowledged. Yeah. And it reminds me of what my uh, computer sciences teacher used to tell me garbage in, garbage out. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and it, that is true a lot of times in translation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember when we were in Italy, we were in a, a restaurant and, and, and we were actually only in Rome for two days. The rest of the time we were out in, in very rural. I mean, it was, it was lovely. Um, and we stayed in, in a little town where we pretty much were the only people who were speaking English. And so, you know, we had a, a lot of fun, but um, you know, the, the, the waitress in, in a little restaurant we went to was speaking fairly good English to us. And we said, you know, your English is, is pretty good. Where did you learn it? And she was so pleased to tell us Dr. House, the TV program. <laughs> and it was like, oh, that's probably not where you want to be learning the English. But, you know, it was she was doing pretty good with it. We were pretty impressed. That's very nice. And, and talking about restaurants, mm-hmm. I know a lot of in global um, restaurants. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know in Germany, if you go there and they have their menus in various languages. Right. 
Well, and I remember one of the things that they taught me in my you know, conversational Italian, you know, obviously ordering was, was things. Mm-hmm. And, and so in, in Italy, sometimes you eat horse. And so they showed us that word so that you could recognize it in the menu and go, no, mm-hmm. no, no don't want that. Um, I got barracuda. That was very entertaining. Um, it was actually not bad. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, but we also got pizza with potatoes on it mm-hmm. as opposed to cheese because mm-hmm. I got the word wrong. And, and they looked at me a little funny, but they served it to us. <laughs> Whatever the Americans want, right? <laughs> yeah, it actually tasted pretty good. Um, but but yeah, it was it, just simple things like that. Being able mm-hmm. to recognize, oh, this is not a word that that we want, um, you know, and and uh, you know, some some things like that. Mm-hmm. So you know what you know, especially in the last two years, really, you know, what are some of the the big trends that you have have seen? that are probably going to continue. I mean, you know, that the people, first of all, you know, that said, Hey, we're going to do this for two weeks. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and now that, you know, and th- there are still people saying, I can't wait for it to get back to normal. That's not going to happen. Mm-mm. So what do you see going forward? The virtual meetings, absolutely. With the interpreting will move forward. People have, you know, realized that they actually don't have to meet in person for certain things. And these will absolutely continue. Working from home will continue. Translations, I mean, are increasing. Localization, people are still doing international business, no matter whether they can travel or not. And that's going to continue. The world is getting smaller. Therefore, it's important to learn about other cultures and norms and and the economics of each country. Mm-hmm. And a lot more, you know, we, we have information overflow every day. But, you know, staying on track with, with uh, global development, global business is always going to be at the forefront. There are so many countries that want to do business with the United States. They're looking at the United States because the United States has been the leader in business. Um, but having said that, you, you need to make sure that these people understand what you're trying to sell to them, what you're trying, what kind of services you want to do with them. It's, it's very important. And having interpreters, having your own interpreters, having your materials localized is always going to be at the forefront. And I've seen companies, you know, going overseas and, and like I said, coming back empty handed because they did not have their business card translated. They did not have their marketing brochure translated. Mm-hmm. They didn't do the research, you know, how to, how to go out for dinner with this client. So and they come back disappointed and don't want to have anything to do with any other country. Right. Yeah, it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, did you do this? No. Mm-hmm. And that's why you work with, with a good partner that can help you and hold your hand and give you advice and maybe open doors for you too. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that you have mentioned is, you know, you really have to understand what how it is that they do business. And we can't, you know, we can't go in and be the ugly American making them, mm-hmm. them do business. Um, you know, so... For example, if I were to go to an Arab nation, me there by myself, you know, whether I like it or not, I'm probably not going to have success. Um, now, part of that's going to depend on who I'm reaching out to, things like that. But, you know, it is it is a very male-oriented society, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I remember I worked with a, a young girl 
well, this was several years ago, um, and she was an exchange student here in the United States. And she was from, uh, I believe she was from Saudi. And she was telling me that, you know, it's it's very difficult for her to be in business in in Saudi because she, as a female, cannot just walk up to a man mm-hmm. and introduce herself. Now, this yep. is, you know, a while ago. So things have changed slightly. Slightly. Um, yeah. But and, and she said, and the best thing was a, a male family member needed to introduce her. Um, you know, and, and she said, you know, she had an uncle who was, you know, he liked doing all of that. And so he would go to all these things. But for her, LinkedIn was absolutely mm. fabulous because she said that allowed her mm-hmm. to be able to reach out to people and introduce herself, um, you know, and, and but, you know, it's, it's funny because my first thought was, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, if I wanted to be successful in that country, I sure would. Yeah, we're really lucky to live in this country. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, when, when we see those traditions, um, they're, you know, they're, they're phenomenal. Um, you know, we, we might not, maybe we don't agree with them, but in, in some ways, it's, it's just amazing to see some of them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people, I just, you know, I, I love reading everything about the queen you know, and all mm-hmm. of that and, and all the, <laughs> the protocol. And, you know, it's just, to me, that's just, it's so cool to see how that is. And to just know that's, that's how they do things. It's super fascinating for me. That's what sparked me to do what I'm doing because mm-hmm. I, back in school, you know, my mm-hmm. teachers, they brought all, we, we ate Chinese. They brought in Chinese food. They brought in Japanese food. They brought in this, they talked about this culture, how they, and that's, you know, what really sparked uh, for me to be this, this global citizen. Mm-hmm. Every country, every culture is fascinating to me. And I like to learn about it as much as I can and convey it to my clients as mm-hmm. much as I can. Right. And it, it just makes me thrive. It, it mm-hmm. makes me who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and the cool thing is because of the Internet. Mm-hmm. It does make a lot of that. You know, like we can be we can be watching Dr. House in another country. I remember when we were in Italy, we were watching Happy Days mm-hmm. and it was in Italian. And that was just the funniest thing in the world because we kind of knew what they were saying, but it was in Italian. You know, so that was just funny to watch, you know, Richie and Fonzie. A didn't translate right. <laughs> you know, oh no, I I grew up in Germany. I watched all these American shows, you know, dubbed into German. Uh-huh. And then I move over here and I see them like. That's not how they sound like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Well, and and it's always funny when we're watching something that's dubbed, um, you know, and and whether it's a you know a foreign film dubbed into English or you know an English film dubbed into something else, because it's like I don't think that was what they were doing. <laughs> and that's the new trend too. Talking about trends, coming back to trends, a lot of movies are being um, dubbed now, are being bilingual, mm-hmm. trilingual, mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. from overseas and going overseas. A lot of movies are being translated with, you know, all the Netflix, the Hulus of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much more, so many more offerings out mm-hmm. there in multiple languages, mm-hmm. especially in movies. Right. You know, and, and it, like we said, you know, you, you can learn some from it, but yeah, you still got to be very careful because humor, and I think, you know, is, is, you know, you said this in any language, humor doesn't quite translate a lot of times. No, not 99% of the time. It does not. <laughs> right. And, and it doesn't matter what country it is. We're just exactly. not. You know, yeah. Somebody, it's that cultural, you know, these cultural nuances, that background, right. that 
each country has. Mm -hmm. It's funny for them, but it's not funny for us. Mm -hmm. Right. We're going to be going, "Hmm." yeah, everybody else Mm -hmm. laughs. So we laugh too. Kind of like when I watch soccer, if everybody cheers, okay, I should cheer too. (laughs) That's my favorite sport. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nancy, I'm, I, I like hockey ice hockey and mm-hmm. and it's very similar so you know and and but 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 yeah you know there are times where i'm just like okay they all cheered so i'll cheer too um you know and and but yeah it's it is interesting especially because you know we are seeing i think a lot of sports going in different mm-hmm. places um you know well and, and and also a lot of um players go to different countries and come Mm -hmm. from different countries. Mm -hmm. So it's very fascinating to learn about them, where they come from Mm -hmm. and what kind of background they have, Mm -hmm. because I know, I know a lot of American soccer players play for the German Bundesliga, Mm -hmm. you know? So. Mm -hmm. Well, and basketball would probably Mm -hmm. be a great example of that, you know, with the the European leagues. Um, I have a friend who, Oh gosh, it'd be 30 years ago. Now she played, I believe she played for Italy um, mm-hmm. uh, and there, there, and, and this was before we had professional women's basketball teams here. So she went and played in Europe, um, you know, and, and you see that a lot with a variety of sports. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. I love it. Well, oh my gosh, this is, has been so much fun and we've only got about five minutes left. So tell people, because, you know, yeah, we, we laugh that, you know, you can get your information from Google, you can get your information from watching TV and, you know, and you can get a little bit, but if you really need to, to do business and function in these other countries, tell us how they reach you and, and the services that you provide. So our website is www.aaatranslation.com. Pretty easy. Very easy. The our email is info i n f o at a a a translation dot com. Mm-hmm. Our phone number is six three six five three zero ten ten. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. We're on all the social media mm-hmm. channels. We have really wonderful information on our website. Oh yes, about great all resource. Mm-hmm. Kinds of global tips you can get for free that you can download, read at your leisure. Mm-hmm. And we're available pretty much 24 seven. Mm-hmm. A lot of clients depend on that because they come in late, especially yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So interesting with everybody working from home, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just nine to five anymore. It's mm-hmm. we get, you know, requests at 10 o'clock at night. So we try to stay on top of that. So reach out to us anytime. Happy to answer any questions anybody may have. Great. I love it. You know, and, and, you know, as we mentioned, it's not just translation services, it's cultural training and, and things like that. It's language services, it's interpreting, it's mm-hmm. it's anything that has to do with doing business globally, we can cover it. We we produce foreign language videos and we do everything. I love it. So cool, so cool. Well, Suzanne, this has been just absolutely fascinating. And I say that as you know, the person whose English is not always my first language or my main <laughs> language. Um, you know, and and but it's something that I think is so absolutely fascinating, even if you're not doing business in other countries. I think it's just wonderful to be learning about things like this. And, and I encourage folks to to really be thinking outside our own little boxes. Just the awareness you get just mm-hmm. by thinking, you know, looking at another country and just reading up about their culture, it just opens up your horizon. Right, right. Well, do you have any final thoughts for everyone? Go global. 
I love it. I love it. And it really doesn't matter what you do. I mean, that's that's Mm-mm. the thing is is now good or bad with the pandemic. I think that's something that people have really discovered. You know, just because I'm used to working here in this little little spot doesn't mean that yeah. I can't be working five thousand miles away. Also, yeah, no, you really need to think outside the box and reach out and and see what may happen. You may you may find a partner overseas that mm-hmm. you have never dreamt of, that you never thought of, and and you may come up with a whole different business solution. And that's the beauty of it because different countries do business differently, and it may spark something that you've never thought of. Great. I love it. Well, I have been having an absolutely fascinating time talking with Suzanne Evans. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.